Like, you look like it's a car, like, straight up a cartoon. Like, yeah, you started gossing it up. Well, and they you, put like this... you were hanging, you were, you were, you were hanging the picture frame. No, it's even fucking and, uh, worse. Well, no, 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 I know that's not what happened, but like, and then you hit your thumb. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's all and throbbing. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, a, you... like a turkey leg. Did you hammer it? No, it, it was even dumber. Uh, the, I have a picture, an album picture frame that uh, fell behind. Uh, I keep it like uh, uh, in my living room, like on my counter. I keep like a record right there, sure. and it fucking fell back behind the counter. So I went, I moved the records out behind there, and I'm doing this. And I didn't realize that when it fell, the corner had shattered. So I'm like oh. trying to do this, and I just like straight up, like hat, like I mean, in like just slice like this. Like halfway down, it was, I mean, I just, I was like, what the fuck? And it was just coming down with like a fucking John Carpenter movie. It was, I just like immediately, I just like, I just go to the city MD and I'm like, I guarantee I'm going to need stitches. Nope. He put some like some sort of industrial glue on there and he goes, you don't need stitches. You're close. Put some sort of glue on there. I got to wear this fucking thing for this mummy for 48 (laughs) hours and I got to go bartend all weekend. See what that's all about. Well, yeah. Good luck, uh. So you can't be like, dipping your fingers. I was going to say washing your hands. All yeah, right. Time. Everything. Hand injuries suck because of all that shit. You got to wash. You got to wash your hands all the time. Plus, there's always like shit getting like it just soaks things in. So like you're going to get beer, bodily fluids. It's, it's, things are going to be black by the end of the day. <laughs> oh no, totally. No, totally. Yeah, it's just going to be all like gray. It's horrific. Like the day after a snowstorm in Times Square. <laughs> like, cappuccino, like fucking cappuccino top with some dusting. Oh, what it just turns into? Yeah, as long as I don't fucking need stitches. But clearly, drumming not happening tomorrow. Next week should be fine. Every time you hit it, come on, just Def Leppard it. Shoots straight out. I can do. I can honestly. I can do it with like. I can. I can probably get by using my left leg. I can lose a leg. I can't lose. I can't lose a, a thumb. <laughs> Fanatics, this is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we will have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, follow it on diaryofdoom.podbean.com for the podcast, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, wherever else you get it from. And if you have a question or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Here we are at the end of the year. I'm recording live at Wild East with uh, Drown Yard. They're a Brooklyn local band. So I'm sitting here with Robin and Gino and Milton. And they just released their second album uh, last month. Last month, right? Last month, yeah. Yeah, last month. uh, Drown Yard number two. Cleverly named. Much different from the previous Drown Yard. Just been yammering a lot about uh, Ode to Doom. 
And uh, that's where I saw Drown Yard uh, for the first time and didn't know anything about them. And they're heavy as fuck. But uh, up until that, I mean, what are all your guys' experiences with music? Do you guys come from musical backgrounds or was it something that you just picked up on your own later in life or whatever? Who wants to go first? He's a professional musician. Yeah, she does it. Start with it. Well, uh, yeah, I started playing the saxophone when I was 12. And that's actually my main instrument. I went to school for nice. it for like jazz, saxophone, you know. And All right, so that means you're, the saxophone's probably going to appear. On never. No, that's <laughs> never going to happen. No? Come on, you're not going to be one of those saxophone metal bands? No, no hell no. Strangely? <laughs> no way. Clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> no wind instruments, really. Like, I've also started playing guitar around 13, you know. And I moved to New York essentially to pursue a jazz career. And after a few years, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, <laughs> not really. I just started going to shows, you know, and like the love for like heavy music, it was always there, but it kind of like got more intense, you know, as mm-hmm. the more like the scene is like pretty rich here, you know, you get to see so many bands come through. And that's really why like just like ignited, reignited that spark, you mm-hmm. know, to just pick up the guitar again and just start writing music. I was in the fifth, fourth or fifth grade. I went over to stay at my buddy's house. He had a, bunch of us over to stay overnight and he had a drum set i was i was playing saxophone at the time as well i started out with i was too did you really (laughs) seriously Seriously? yeah i I did play it for like three years in like middle school then i was like i don't want to fucking do this anymore i can still taste what that reed wax oh it was disgusting i can still i can can smell it and taste it still i hated that thing and you had to clean that thing yeah but i uh hey my lips were never cracked though um i i but i went over to my buddy's house and he was uh he had a drum set and he sat, and he was like playing these beats. I was like, "Can I try?" And he was like, "Sure." And I, I, I just sat down, and I could just do it. I mean, I wasn't as good as him, but I mean, I just instantly knew hi hat, snare, kick, and they were all separate, and I could just do it. And I was just like, "No more reed wax. I'm done with that." And like, yeah, like I think uh, within a week, I quit the saxophone and I got a pair of drumsticks, and then started annoying the shit out of everybody I know ever since. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I started playing saxophone when I was ten <laughs> in the in the school band, and uh, yeah, I was I loved it, and I was I started playing guitar when I was like I think I got my first guitar when I was like twelve, but probably didn't really really get into it till I was like thirteen, fourteen. You know when you do, mm-hmm. yeah, played and then like went to college, didn't really play at all in college, and then got out, and then. Uh, like just knew I had to do something and started a band with my buddy, my college buddy. Um, my dad played drums in our band. <laughs> um, and, uh, was the name of your band, the family affair. No, no, it was, it was, uh, we were just a cover band. It wasn't anything, but it, we, it was, it was fun. It was good. We yeah. did it for like five or six years. And then I moved to New York and then didn't play music for like eight years, uh, just for various reasons. And then had to, you know, again, it's just like you're pulled in, you're, you're, you're compelled to do it right and, but and i'm a guitar player so like i was trying to get into bands playing guitar and you know guitar players are dime a dozen here it's so hard and i didn't want to start a, a thing from scratch or whatever mm-hmm. and and my buddies at work were like dude you should switch to bass i bet you'll find a band if you switch to bass and i i did and it was like boom immediately started jamming with uh with some some dudes and then kind of quit that and then started jamming with these other people. And then that kind of fell apart. And then uh, my buddy sent me, like, the, I think Milton posted a Craigslist ad 
looking for a bass player. And so I responded to that. And here we are. When did you guys like discover metal and did you have like a specific album that like changed your perspective on things? My buddy got me into Metallica when I was 12 or 13. That was the first, you know, gateway, you know, mm-hmm. black album, stuff like that, you know. And then I started getting into Pantera, you know, and like heavier shit. And yeah, it just never really stopped, you know, just getting into deeper and heavier, I guess, as it goes, you know. Like I I, I think I just skipped the whole new metal phase because I was ready to Slayer <laughs> and all that stuff when that shit came out. You know, it's like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> it was all like just heavier and darker you yeah. know from yeah like, i didn't skip the new metal i was deep deep into the new metal and i didn't go super deep yeah but it, i had my time with it i think i was I just said. at the right age like i was i was an angsty teenager you know anybody in, in, in heavy shit in like 90 some three 92 94, yeah you listen to the first corn record yeah right. you listen to the and it's yeah. not bad I mean, it also started like... It sounds fucking vintage by the, by this point. No, but sure. some of the riffs, they still kind of hold up Well, yeah. If you yeah. consider, you know. And there's, but there's bands now that play those riffs, and it's, but in, like, radically different kinds of music. Yeah, in yeah. a different context, yeah. right? And, yeah. No, and then it started, you know, it started with, like, you know, I think, I don't know, I didn't really have a lot of friends who were turning me on to music, so it was more like... You know, catching shit on like MTV Two and like, uh, oh yeah, or like Headbangers Ball and like, oh, yeah. you know, like seeing like the One video, you know, Metallica yeah. One, like that was always like, because it was it was like, it was always like 11 p.m. on a Saturday night or whatever. So there was always something like special about it. You could only catch it at that time during the week. You know, if yeah. you stayed up extra late. And you were watching MTV, so like I think that was just catching that shit. But then like you know, I if I if we had like a Friday off, I was always like yes, Headbangers Ball yeah. at eleven o'clock, watching it, and you just be like, man, you saw some fucked up weird shit on and, that. And, like and yeah. you just watch, it. and now you watch it, and you're like, oh, right. all right, what? Oh, yeah, like fucking, they had like you know, like Cannibal Corpse would come on, yeah, you know, like Crowbar would come on, like just random yeah. shit that I you wouldn't fire. And it yeah, was all so it was all super dark and weird, and you couldn't and contrast that against like the stuff that MTV was playing during the day like it was just so weird and you almost you, you like you I don't know I think at the time like, I didn't even really like it but I was you know you're yeah. sort of drawn to it you're yeah, like you're like I'm not gonna turn this? this off though like I don't I don't know what the hell's going on I don't know who these guys are but they're they're kind of pissed off and you're like 10 years old and it's fun right you're like the one looks actually kind of like my dad like, <laughs> like what he's wearing yeah. you're like metal dudes don't wear glasses you know right you know, and yeah. and then you're like, oh, actually, but then like you see like like again like you like these gems that stick out like the one video that you would see or like seasons in the abyss, which they're they're playing in front of the pyramids. You're like, like that's bigger than life. You yeah. know, like being in fucking Michigan. Sepultura, dead embryonic cells. Yeah. Right. Just, I was, or I was gonna say Beavis and Butthead too. Beavis and yeah, Butthead. I, is a huge like one. I didn't see the original airings of it. I saw it when it. Re, when they did the second airing of it, okay. where it's just the reruns, but they still had all the rights to the music videos. Right. Yeah, and they then, and then like, no, they don't. They I just start recorded the King Diamond thing off the TV like three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I did, I thought they had lost a lot. Of it. I know there was a period where it was just the show, and everyone yeah. was like, "What the fuck? This is a no." When it's just the show, it was, it, I mean, I want to say it was terrible because it was still funny, but like <laughs> the music videos were literally half the show. Yeah, like, that was half the reason because they would make fun of. But then also, like, 
jam with like cool shit. I love right? the idea behind that. It was them just like, no, Mike Judge, they asked you for like a full thirty minutes, and he's like, uh, no, I got you like two ten minute segments, and they're like, what are we gonna do with that? He's like, uh, let's just have him make fun of the, the yeah, fucking like, make fun of Pantera. Like, <laughs> it's like they're not gonna give a shit. They think it's funny. Right. Yeah, and they got awesome. the exposure too, man. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Fucking Radiohead was on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, so man. Many bands, so, so much. Many. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't know about like, I don't know, Helmet. Yeah. Before Beavis and Butthead. Like, typo really. negative. Like, that's the thing. Like, I was saying, like, I, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't know the cool music. Right. Like, so, like, Beavis and Butthead exposed me to some cool music. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I was, uh, I was, I was raised like pretty hardcore Christian. So I was raised that heavy metal was evil. And <laughs> that's awesome. It, and, and it was of the devil. It is awesome. Yes. Because I, when I fell in love with it, it made me love it even more. Uh, so all I was listening to, I was, I was, I loved the hair metals. I was like twelve and thirteen. I loved hair metal, yeah. and because I was a Christian, Did I was you going love to Striper. Striper at the time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making this up. Was my favorite band because I was a Christian. <laughs> That's awesome. I was allowed. I was sanctioned to like Striper. So I loved Striper. It was my. I was a member of the fucking fan club. Oh wow. I, yeah, I had like. I they, when they were on Enigma, I had like the. I was such a fucking dork. I got like the 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 um the interview cassettes singles that they oh would come out God. with but so i was listening so i was on a band trip i was playing snare drum in the concert band and we had a trip uh, to chicago and on the way up there i'm listening to striper Def leopard hysteria fucking something i don't know i'm listening to something uh on the walkman and my buddy next to me he's rocking out. i'm like what are you listening to and he goes oh we traded tapes, or he saw my tape, didn't take that, put another one, but gave me this tape. And on one side, he had Kill 'em All. It, it was Dub's tape. On one side, it said Kill 'em All. On the other side, it said uh, South of Heaven. And because I was low on battery, as was at the time, and I, so I just listened to whatever was, it was on site, was rerouted to, and thank Christ it happened to be South of Heaven. And that song fucking started playing. And I you re- saw heaven, and you're a little good little Christian boy. No, you're no, like, no, like, oh, uh. yeah. And I was, I, I, and I, because I'd never heard Slayer, I was always scared. But I'd seen the album covers with the, yeah. with the pentagrams yeah. and the, the the devil and all that on it. Mama, and then, let me listen to this. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just remembered somewhere else that I heard a lot of this music was Grand Theft Auto Vice City because okay. they had a sick metal station uh, in the okay. '80s. It was like Metallica, Priest, Iron Maiden. They had their own metal band. Sorry, I interrupted. No, by all means. That just made me think of that. No, but I I heard the song South of Heaven. And from the first listen, like after the intro, I'm like, what the fuck? And then when the main riff comes in, I I mean, goosebumps the entire time. I have never listened to Striper since. (laughs) Ever. True. 100% true. Slayer killed Striper. No, uh, no, it did. (laughs) South of Heaven, Mandatory Suicide, and Stood Behind the Crooked Cross. Those songs... Was changed the trajectory of my whole yeah. fucking life. Yeah. So much so that I don't like Metallica. Because <laughs> I, 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 I once once side A was done or B, oh, I can't remember. It over, and like, then I flipped it over. I'm like, what is, what is this? <laughs> I, mean, I was like, like, it was good. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I'm like, hey, that what I just heard BBC was fucking heavy. So I pulled out my pencil and I rewound the tape to save battery, put it back in, and just listened to that season. Um, sorry, South of Heaven over and over. The kid didn't get his tape back. I just listened to that tape over and over and over again on the bus ride. Up. I kind of had a similar thing with regard to like sort of killing new metal. Was you know like, and this was probably two thousand two thousand one. My buddy was just like, 
this was like my, my one metal friend from high school, my buddy James. Yeah. And like we he, we were guitar buddies and music buddies, and that's all we like didn't talk talked about. He was like, dude, there's this band you gotta check out called Morbid Angel. This this album, Gateways to Annihilation. And he played in his car, and that was really kind of one of the first times I'd really heard like like low vocals like that. Yeah. And I started laughing because it's kind of crickets in the beginning. Oh yeah, it was just so oh, weird, but but it was cool, and those riffs were just so insane. And but like when the the vocals started, I just started laughing, and he's like, "No man, give it a chance." And I got sucked in, and I yeah. was just like, "I'm not listening to Mudvayne and fucking Corn and Limp Biscuit anymore. Like this is it, like." It was it was life changing. It was yeah. absolutely life changing. Like, uh, it was, oh man. In my in my class, like in my circle of friends, like there, I don't think there was anybody that was like there was no. I was the metal kid, right? But I didn't really listen to a lot of like super heavy stuff. But the one bit of DNA that has like stayed true with me, and I think probably probably is why I have an appreciation for a lot of different kinds of music. Was like I've always enjoyed Nine Inch Nails. And there's there's some connection there. There are some songs where I'm like Trent Reznor definitely listens to like weird droney fucking metal. Oh, sure. I'm sure he for might not sure. like always listen to it, but I'm sure he's like and like Boris opened for them one time. Like on he can't tour. he can't make that music unless exactly. he listens to other heavy music. Exactly. He's not just listening to like new wave and, and, and yeah. He's not just like going home and like David Bowie. David Bowie. Right. David no, Bowie. no. 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 Yeah. No. He's not an idiot. So when's the last time you heard the Downward Spiral? You know, I do. I do try to go back to it every like couple of years. It and, holds up. Oh, it's one hundred percent. It sounds it's such like cool, it could have been recorded last week. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool record. Good. Yeah, so. it's such a cool record. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's. I. I really like credit that dude for like, or that band and my friend for showing me more of that. Like to be able to appreciate just really weird stuff because I didn't like the Cookie Monster vocals for a long time. I really wasn't even into death metal up until like a couple years ago and then it just... Quiet taste, right? I think you just have to kind of like figure it out and eventually you're like, oh, I kind of get it. It's like, it's just like a whole... I try not to think of it as like, you know, they're singing. It's just like another added layer of like the noise to it. So It all depends on how you listen to vocals too. I feel like a lot of people, you know... A lot of people really enjoy, I think most people really enjoy sing-along songs. Yes. Like where you hear the vocals, you hear the lyrics, you sing along, and nothing else kind of matters. And I don't, I've always kind of been like, uh, the vocals are just like another, I don't really care what they're saying. It's like the opposite. Like, I don't care what they're saying. I care about how cool they sound. Yeah. I don't know most lyrics. Right. (laughs) I I, I mean, it's cool when you can pull out some lyrics so you can kind of like lean into it. I would rather have that consistent like... <laughs> over time than have to like listen to somebody who's like actively struggling to like produce a sound that they made you know 25 or 30 years ago sure. like it's just kind of like Vince Neil like or adjust you know do the Elton John and just drop everything drop an octave you know that's why I think a lot of it you know you get away and it's kind of like you have to sort of you have to change your perspective on like on like what exactly like vocals and like singing are well you can also loosen man like Chris Barnes doesn't sound like now like the way oh, he right, used to when course. he did you know the first kind of corpse records you know like he kind of like gargly and weird you know like and this is not a dig on him it's just saying like you know the voice is ages you know and it's, it's, right. it's unfair for people to try to recreate yeah. now what they did 30 years ago 
you know? Like, oh, just, absolutely. It's so fucking hard, you know? And there are some people that do it, you know? Like, King Diamond sounds the same now yeah, as yeah. he did in yeah. the how. fucking 80s. I don't know how. Insane. It's insane. But, you know, Nate people... Jeff. Even Chris yeah. Cornell. Yeah. Chris Cornell, the last... I was just talking about this I, at, at work. Yeah. The last song uh, Soundgarden did was was uh what was it slaves and bulldozers where he goes oh, he keeps going higher and higher like that he was still singing that shit uh to literally the day he died yeah those like, people come like you know every once in a while once in a yeah. blue moon we get like some of those like very gifted you know like vocalists but the voice just ages man like yeah you, you can't get away from that yeah oh absolutely i mean and you have to respect that which is why i'm like I do think that just like it's okay. Some people can go out the pasture. It's fine, you know. You can yeah. kind of call it a day on things, but and those are all like artistic yeah. decisions too, right? Where it's like fucking boozebag Vince Neil, like out there, sort of being a disgrace to the band. <laughs> hey, he's not allowed to pay rent. Trying, no, I think you know what? You get everybody however, but he's trying to sing the vocals. And there's plenty of videos out Is there. He? We share, well, that's the thing. <laughs> Trying in quotations, right? I don't know. But but there's would, a, there's a noise go, coming out. I would go see Crew with a fucking heartbeat if I could right now. Really? I love them. If there were free them. tickets, I would go. Yes, if it was free. I'm not if it was free, I would totally go with you 100%. I do love Motley Crue, but he's it's it's terrible <laughs> yeah it's rough and he's man. up there like, fucking... he's trying he's trying to do what he did when he was 25 years old and like but the thing is those i don't know how you even uh fix that problem i'm not saying i know oh, yeah. how you do it i don't know well you I just know, know when to quit but that's probably it. there you but, go hey man gotta pay the rent gotta pay the rent he does have restaurants, right? Does he really? really? Oh no, he does. I can. He's got Vegas. a place in Vegas, I think, right? Yeah. Oh jeez, I'll make sure not to Stop go about there. That. Stop about that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We'll before, Matt. Thank you. Now that he's gone, <laughs> I'm sticking to this guy. Yeah. Now we're really gonna make sure that Dragonyard has no <laughs> future plans. Uh, you don't want to be we're that. We're never opening for Molly Crew. That's well. I mean, not anymore. <laughs> But if they asked you, would you do it? Of course. 1,000%. Yeah. And, you know, I want to redact my, my dig on Vince Neil. I didn't mean to call him a first man. He's just, you know. What was the trajectory like that led you all here? I think you said you answered, like, just a Craigslist ad for, uh, you know, Milton's putting the band together. And Well, no, you're, well, the band was already, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, the band started in 2017, and there was another bass player. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, I saw Before that. Gino. And he's just, the guy's name is Nikhil. And he's the one that actually had the rehearsal space slash studio where we started like just jamming. I've known Robin for years at this point, you know, mm-hmm. before that. And one day I'm just hanging out at this bar Robin used to work at and Nikhil is there. And we're just like, hey, you know, let's just get together and jam. So it just finally happened. And it we- was serendipitous because I was like, hey, how do we jam somewhere where we fucking let loose and I could have symbols and shit there and then you happen to be there and Nikhil who I've been in a band with a couple bands with previously we did like three records together and like he came in I was like oh dude this is perfect this is the exact he was a he was also a guitar player in Mountain God and a couple other bands as well I don't but, know that band were they like a New York uh, yeah yeah they were, they were local at the time yeah okay yeah, but it was just it was just uh, kismet or something like he was happened to be there and then Nikhil who I hadn't seen in years just walked in I was like, this is it. Sorry to interrupt you. I just remembered that that was no, that's a how, very yeah, that's peculiar. Really. Like, we just started playing. I had some riffs, you know. We started jamming. That was like in September of 2017. And by the end of November, 
Nikhil says, hey, guys, I'm moving out of town. You know, like, if you guys want to record what we have, you know, like we can do it here. It's like, okay. So that's how the, the, the EP came okay. to be. So we just played for a couple of months. And then, yeah, we just fucking did it. In, like, a weekend. It was... Yeah, how, yeah. How, yeah. Sorry. How long did you guys... Were you guys playing together? Together for, like, September to November. Like, that's crazy. It was very months. quick. That's like it, it was, like, once we... Real, I think we jammed, like, two or three times. And then Nikhil, like, two or three weeks. And Nikhil finally said, yeah, me and my, my wife, I can't remember her name. But yeah, they're, they're leaving. And then we're just like, this is the date, so let's record. Because he had a recording studio. That's where we're at, right. this recording studio. So let's do this. So we had a finite time. So we did like six, five, six songs? Five songs. Five songs. At this point, none of them had vocals. I have never, I, I couldn't play and sing at the same time. It was all, we had like just like the instrumental tracks, yeah. you know, an idea what we wanted. And we just, you know, we fucking did it. And it, then, yeah, that was You have it. no idea how unnerving it is? I hope you never understand how unnerving it is to sit there. And have like five songs recorded. Most of the guitar overdubs, or a lot of them were done at that time. Like everything's ready to go, and you have no idea what the singer sounds like until you're getting ready to hit space bar. <laughs> he's in front of a mic, and Nikhil and I, he's going to hit space bar. We just look at each other, like, cross our fingers, and hit record. <laughs> It worked out. And it turns out he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy can wail. Hey, you know what? He's a good kid. <laughs> yeah, but then after Nikhil left, the band, you know, the, the band, he was going to also mix it, you know? Yeah. And so that took forever, and we had no bass player. So the band basically did nothing for a whole year. Right. We are just waiting for the record to be done. And then by the time it was done, it came out in October 2018, and that's when I actually started looking for a bass player. And that's when she joined. Yeah. Okay. So then I, I auditioned... It was February 1st, no, January 30th, or 31st, whatever that day was. It was like a Thursday night. The only reason I remember that... It was cold. I'm it was, the only reason I remember that was because I auditioned for you guys Thursday night, and then the next night I went on my first date with my now fiancé, ah. Natalia. So that's why it was just like, it was like I was like single and bandless, and then like... Like, two days later, I was in a band with a girlfriend. Like, it was just... I mean, obviously, our relationship didn't move that fast. But, like, <laughs> ne- ne- you know, neither relationship moved that fast. But it was, but that was, like, the course of events. It was just, like, boom, boom. So that's why it was... It was it was uh, end of January. And, uh, you know, audition and, you know, started fucking jamming. And then, I guess, so... Uh, I think we auditioned another guy, also named Gino Massaro. No. <laughs> No, we, we jammed with one guy before that, and it was not a happening. Yeah. And then, yeah. Nice guy, Second though. Guy, nice really guy. nice guy. Second guy, this guy. Perfect. Yeah, we got lucky, because, you know, sometimes, like, Craigslist is like, oh, don't know no, what you're going to get. Shoot, it's like, yeah, it's a fucking, it was yeah. such a crapshoot. So it was just... You know, that's like, I, I have to be honest, that's like something I literally never got engaged with. And I just know, like, there were so many, like, Craigslist stories... And, there's, and everyone, you know, there's the Craigslist memes, and you see the oh, fucking yeah, crazy yeah. shit. It's real. It, yeah. it comes oh, from, it's from a place real. of truth. It's definitely like, real. Especially yeah. if you're the poster. <laughs> if you're the one who posted something, you're be prepared to deal with anything and everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, but Craigslist in New York City is great. I mean, whether you're looking for a band or, or trying mattress. to sell a couch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or like something like that. It really... Or, little job. <laughs> <laughs> random hookups in the back of a subway car. Yeah, hook up with a little person. <laughs> right. It's there. It's, yeah. it's all <laughs> But like, fucking, uh, or looking for gear. Like yep. gear yeah. is oh, great in gear here because people don't have the space, 
and they don't have the time. Like, right. You know, like people are leaving the city yeah. and they're like, I've got this Ampeg 810 cabinet I'll let go for 600 yeah, you know, or, or best yeah. offer. And it's like, what, is, is it just like some old, like, I'm, it's like some guy who's like in his 60s and he's Dude. like, I used to be a hippie and I played this, but I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I went like to that. Harlem. I got the, I got an amazing deal on this, this, this base head that probably would, should have been like four or $500. I got it for 175 bucks. And the guy was clearly like a hoarder and disgusting and weird, but I was just like, give me the amp and give me out of here. <laughs> you gotta deal with the, that aspect of it. It's not all clean yeah. cut and, and, and on the level, but like if you're willing to deal with a little grind, you truly, can get some cool shit. It was shit. Really just like out of necessity, you know? Like I know a bunch of musicians from my, you know, I was just, like I said, pursuing mm -hmm. jazz at the time. And all of my jazz musician friends, they hate this music. They hate heavy music. They're not into it at all, you know? Like, Which is funny because heavy metal people fucking really like jazz. Yeah, but they, you know, like most of my friends, like, you know, they, they're just not into it. Yeah, so it was and like, I get Well, it. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll put it out, out there. And maybe there's some fucking guy that's into it because, like, my friends had no interest, you know? When I moved here 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago now, I'd been here, no, no Craigslist. No cell phones, none of this shit. When I moved here, I answered, I was here for a week, and I answered an ad in the back of the Village Voice. Some guy looking to jam, and I was just like, I went to a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> and I and you put, pulled out a buffalo head penny. I pulled you out a buffalo me. nickel, and I, and I went to, it's how I, used to, it's how I used to get weed back in the day. I would go to Williamsburg, I would go to a payphone, I'd have to wait there. Like an asshole for 45 minutes for this person on the bike to show up and give me weed. Um, but no, I answered I answer an ad in the back of the Village Voice. And I jammed with this guy, a uh, really nice guy. I started jamming. I, immediately, I was lucky enough, like we got along, immediately started a band. And then that led to this, that led to this. And we start playing shows. Somebody sees me want to come jam, I'll go jam with you. Do this. And then I'm playing a show in Atlanta. And this other band I'm playing with called The Forms happens to be playing the same show. And the drummer of that band is like, sees me play, goes, you're going to be the drummer in my band. So I, so I joined the drum. And it just, everything just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And now I've been like, thank God I had a quarter. Put the, uh, in the pay phone. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So like, so you've been in like a bunch of bands. Uh, He's been in some cool fucking bands too, some big bands. I mean, he, it, Robin. I know, as far as I know, you're also in Pants Exploder, which is a great name for a band. Yep. And there's another one. That there's I, two more. There's two more. I'm in a I'm in an indie rock band called Fixtures. Okay. Who our third record is literally being mixed as we speak, and that'll be that record will be done mixing at the end of the weekend. I'm also in this band called Nah, G N A W. With Alan Dubin from Con 8. Wait, I saw that band. I saw the band open up for Insect Arc. Yeah, Dana. Were, she, you, were you in the band Dana, at the time? Dana's in Naw. I, oh, I played, she's in No, I played that show. That was the last show I played before. Really? I, yeah, you couldn't tell I was there. We started out with the Ice Open New Bottom cover, however you say that. Yeah. Yeah, so we started with that. You couldn't see me. There's video on YouTube of the whole show. You can't see me because of the smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a drummer and it was me. Yes, that, I was a drummer that night. There's, I don't have any pic. I took a bunch of pictures at that show and I... I you wouldn't be you, able to... You can't even tell. You couldn't tell. Damn. Oh, but yeah, I joined that was such a fucking cool show. Thanks, man. Wait, when did Dana join Naw? Dana has been... Or, or she just sort of like... Dana has always... Dana has kind of... 
I think I think Dana. So they're one of their the guys in uh, June, who was uh, the sound manipulator and, and like uh, a lot of the electronics and weird shit going yeah. on with that. He moved back to Japan, so then they got Dana to come in and play lap steel and other things. So she's still so, in Germany, right? Or she's still in Germany. She's yeah. still in so Germany. she okay. came. So she was doing the new insect arc. She was focusing on the new insect arc album and got a drummer for that. Andy, that was yeah. Andy, yeah, yeah, awesome dude. Yeah, and they were going. Uh, they were going to go on on the world tour and everything. And she was also joining Swans. She right? was rejoining Michael Girard and the Swans. She right. actually the next Swans record she's on, mm-hmm. and she was supposed to tour the. And they always supposed to tour the world for yep. two years. Obviously, it didn't happen because uh, Dana was also in Angels of Light. Yes, she, I think she was on the first three, two or three Angels of Light records, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah. So, my buddy Eric, who was here at Wild East yesterday, hanging out with him, he was the drummer of Gnaw for the first three records. He quit, and then Pants Exploder has played shows with uh, Gnaw in the past, and I've gotten high with Alan Dubin many, many times over the years. <laughs> so he, you know, he just reached out and was like. You want to jam? And I was like, I will gladly jam with you guys. So I joined that band in 2017 as well. What was the band that Alan did vocals on with? Uh, was it Stephen O'Malley? Did a band? I think he did. Con it. it was Kanye, right? It was Kanye. Yeah, yeah it Stephen was Stephen O'Malley Kane. went on to do uh, Sun Up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Kanye. Yeah. An amazing band. And Kanye's drummer, Tim, practices where Pants Exploder practices, where we recorded our second album cleverly called drown yard 2 nice segue I like that. thank you uh, <laughs> but be, because tim available now on all streaming yeah. platforms <laughs> yeah. uh, but by uh, digitally on Bandcamp. but because tim practices there too i got to use his gong and his mm-hmm. uh 42 inch or 46 inch concert bass drum for our record nice that's the drummer of kind of stuff now i'm doing nice well at this point i mean do you feel like you guys have achieved the goal of being a gross heavy sludgy doom band or do you have any intentions to change up the sound or do you think you you've uh, you've kind of figured out what you like and what you want to do well i think at this point you know like with the the material that was just released i think we we definitely come much more clear of what we sound like and what we want to do but at the same time you know i feel like the newer shit is getting weirder you know and like mm-hmm. has a different vibe to it in the same vein, of course. Like, it's not like going to start singing clean or bringing yeah. the saxophone. That's not going to happen. You know, like, it's still going to be heavy. But I, I feel like we're just kind of evolving as a band. You know, like, it's just, it just, I feel like it's just taking, it's becoming what it should be. You know, if that makes any sense. That like, does. You know, because, like, I can say the first EP, you know, like, it's, it's more like trying ideas, you know, and, like, kind of, like, finding our footing, you know, and see, like, how things work out. And I feel like this one is much more, like, concise, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. like what really I think sounds more like what I thought, like what I think it should be, or whatever. If that makes any sense, I don't know. We had a lot more time with this, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's not it, the first record is like these are the songs, this is the tempo, and we just so we we did that. Whereas if we would treated the first record like we treated the second record, like Gino, or even in the Kewasium, the band, if we yeah. had had the time, those songs would not sound the same because. We go. Milton writes all the shit, and he writes it, and and it's one thing. And I'll always start. I will always 
no matter what venom in, I'll always play it too fast <laughs> until I learn it. Then I can then I can mm -hmm. get into the pocket. But even when that happens, then as we play it, like a, it could take a year, year and a half oh, for yeah. a song to finally rest and get yeah. its legs. It feels like it feels like the gestation period of all of our songs comes to almost to a year or especially I think now I think in the last year year and a half we had we were required on some of the songs for them to take that much time because of there was nothing else to do but practice you know? <laughs> right once yeah, lockdown yeah. was over you know we got as soon as we could we got back together and in July yeah we got back or no it was July. June oh, it was June it was right. June right. yeah um and we started jamming again and working on, you know, working on the new shit. And, you know, like, there were no gigs to play. We knew we were going to record at some point. But, like, that was June to February. Right. Was just, and, and we, we meet once a week. I mean, and, and we rarely miss a week, um, you know, injuries notwithstanding. And, um, <laughs> you know, those songs had no choice but to marinate and sort of, like, settle in i'm glad we didn't try to record yeah. most that's, early that's I'm, what it takes 100 like it takes we recorded when they were ready yeah it takes a while for them to just like even if the ideas are all there like just like robin said like the tempos and like the just get into that pocket and the groove it takes that long really like there's just no other way around it it takes us i mean i think also since the songs are so like slow and long and uplifting. I'm sure you have to get into a little bit of a certain headspace <laughs> to write a song yeah, about leeches. For obvious reasons. There's been a lot of like sort of, uh, I'll call it vital music, you know, just like, so like to me, listening to Drown Yard is like, you know, it kind of hits that weird therapeutic thing that Doom does. Because I feel like uh, the music that came out this year, I when I was looking at my like everything I was like damn I listened to a lot of like death doom and like funeral doom and just like somber ass music and I'm like oh I'm fucking depressed as shit the entire fucking year you know uh, and and last year and everything which is funny because I feel like when like when doom metal and stoner metal was like was really hitting like the peak in like 2018 and everything I felt I was almost like damn this shit is almost like uplifting and right. good and then it just went <laughs> you know what I mean and I also think that like with like death metal was sort of the next big thing to come along. And I think there's a lot of crossover there. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of why that happened, but sorry. No, I, no, no. I mean, absolutely. There's definitely a catharsis, you know, it feels good to get it out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to play it. I mean, there's always this, this feeling of release. Yeah. You know, when we, I mean, we play a show or even practice, like, you know, always, I'm always. always in a great mood after practice. It's always, it doesn't matter if it sucks, you know, like sometimes it, Things are just not happening, whatever. But we always have a great time. For you know? sure. Like, and I think that's really what makes, I don't know, what makes the wheels turn for me. Like, it's always like this kind of a therapy thing, just going out there and just like yeah. turning up loud and just fucking going, you know. And it's always possible, always. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It, and, and, and I mean, honestly, I don't think, me personally, it doesn't take, I don't have to get in any kind of headspace to play. We just kind of walk in and. We do it. I think also now we know what we sound like. Yeah. You know, we know our roles in the band. You know, we, we, we've, we've got a firm footing on what Drown Yard is. So, like, when we start playing, it's just, you know, it's, it's I don't know, sort of an old hat. Like, you just sort of like, all right, we're doing it. And there's immediate 
like energy release. You feel it. You're like, oh man, I needed this. And um, we were just saying too, like we didn't practice last week. Um, and for some reason, just missing one practice always feels like an eternity. Yeah. And I think it's because you you don't get that catharsis. So you're a little bit wound up, you know? And so then you're like, oh shit, I can't, I can't sort of fire the gun, <laughs> so to speak. It's like when you get to the quiet part in the doom song and you're just like, when's it going to get heavy right. again? <laughs> but you got to, but you got to release, you got to come back down yeah. so that you can build back up again. Right. Yeah. We're going to take two weeks off this week. Chris could be like, why are you so grumpy? Yeah. Like, I didn't get to gym. Right. You don't understand. It makes a difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. So you moved up here. Are you New York native? No, I'm originally from Metro Detroit area. Metro I Detroit. came here. I just eleven year anniversary was just a couple uh, a week ago. Okay, but you've been around. Been here. You've been, you've been around. You all been around. So like, what what's like what's the best show you've seen in New York? And I mean, because New York is such a hub, and you know, there's always bands coming through, oh, and like, kind of, it, I feel like people will come out for different shows, like you know, for different bands. It, you know, I don't know. I've gone to different shows and here's seen some, like a lot of the, the same people. Here's the problem with that question. Yeah, it's like which show do you go to? Hey, it's like it's like as a bartender when somebody comes up and says, "Tell me a joke." I can't think of a single joke. Yeah. So no matter what answer we give, we're going to think of a think better, better show better, later. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, I could I could off the top of my head, Melvin's at North Six for Hostile Ambient Takeover was fucking incredible. U.S. Maple. Uh, both times, all three, all three times I've seen him at the, the original Knitting Factory or the second Knitting Factory on Leonard mm -hmm. Street was fucking amazing. Um, yeah, those are the two off the top. Seeing Schlack a couple times. Oh, wow. I, was I, pretty Schlack. I saw Schlack at the Bell House down here, but seeing Schlack at the Bell House was fucking great. Oh, man, that's great. I, I've got, it feels so cliche on this podcast to, <laughs> to talk about it, but like the sleep show, what was that? What was that venue in Red Hook? Uh, 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 yeah, um, I was at that show. Was it Broken Seal? No, no not the most. Not Pioneer Works. Pioneer oh, Works. oh, sleep, oh, this was, yeah. Sleep at Pioneer. I'd seen Sleep before, and they played in, what's that venue in Hell's Kitchen? Um, Terminal 5. No, not Terminal 5. The small oh. one. Because <laughs> they did play Terminal 5. Uh, I don't was know. Was it Limelight? It was, you know where was the horse stables are? Like the cop horse stables, like when you get in that area of Hell's Kitchen where it all just smells like horse shit. <laughs> like it's kind of wild. Like we're we're booking the show here because the horse shit will cover up no, all the No, but like in New York City, you don't expect to like you're walking and it smells like a farm all of a sudden, you know? Like, you know, anyway, whatever that venue was, that was the first time I saw sleep. And that was insane because like the room was so small <clears> and you could, the, the, the bass was like, sucking the air out of the room yeah like, i went there i went there with uh with my buddy Corey, and we were both like are you having trouble breathing it was yeah. it was literally like it was you could feel the sound waves like pummeling your chest that was amazing but the one at pioneer works was like fucking that venue was dope and they, that's a cool it venue it was it was really insane cool. the, the visual like the 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 ceilings like 80 feet high yeah. and it's got is it like two mezzanines yeah or at it, least one well the guy lives there Oh yeah, really? On the me on the first mezzanine, yeah. Well, and that was the first time I they when they played the other show they didn't do any dope, anything off Dope Smoker and they mm -hmm. did like a, a section of Dope Smoker and you know I, know I was just in the right headspace and it right. was just like you know you're sort of just like take me Jesus, but uh, that was fucking amazing yeah. for me. Um, the very first my very first time ever coming to New York, uh, I, I visited my buddy and that night we saw the giraffes mm. play um, at the knitting factory in Manhattan and that was like that was fucking mind blowing those guys 
their energy and their live show are just absolutely insane. Really know um, that much about? They're, they're not like a they're, metal. They're band. not. A, they're they're a rock band. They're a rock, they're a rock band. band. Definitely check. I mean, they're fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're a really cool fucking New York band, and they're sort of like on again, off again. Um, yeah, you know, but like they're active. I think they're currently active. Um, so yeah, they're great. Yeah, for me, I have to say, like, it's hard to pick. It really is. But like seeing King Diamond at King's Theater, that thing. That oh, was, that was such a good show. That was you know the whole with, like, the theatrics, you know, with, and Uncle, everything. A- with Uncle Acid opening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that one for me, you know, like it's up there for sure. Like being such a huge fanboy, you know, like. And yeah, man. Like also, I saw Ohm at Pioneer Works. I don't yeah, know if you guys I, I was at that show too. That was a good one for me too, man. Like, yeah. We were just eating mushrooms and just like it was. <laughs> it was like all, I was like this, like Doom God, you know, in this like blue background, and we're just there, like oh, yeah. you know, it was it was definitely something. I, I got stuck know. next to like four really chatty French people that I yelled at. Uh, I was like, bro, shut up. This ain't a band that you talk in. Right. I tried to do that at shows. You you can I, I think you can get Lowe was in Ohm at the time. Do they have a third mm. member up on stage? They do, but he's no, he's yeah. no longer in the band. They or have a different guy. It's a different guy. Oh, was it Robert Lowe for that show? No, uh, no, no. Robert Lowe I'm had a huge fan of that dude. He, he's a very talented dude. He did the soundtrack for the new Candyman yeah. movie. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he had left the band, and then when they played at that Muddy Roots festival in the South, he played another. He played a show with them only because it was convenient for him. He was just like, I, I'll just do it. Like, but he was not in the band. Like, he was just like, oh, I'm not gonna... And it wasn't because, like, they had, like, a fight or whatever. He's just like, I'm just moving on to other things or whatever it is he's doing, as far as I know. And then it was just like, oh, do you want to do this? Cause they also don't works. play that often. Like, no, they don't. Like, well, they were going to do a pretty long tour, and then, obviously, yeah. the world shut down. So they were going to do another tour. They shut that. They shut that shit down again, too. So I'm... I have to say, also, every time I've seen Yob, it's been pretty spectacular, man. Like, I ran into you at a Yob at a Yob show at the Bell Yob show. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm pissed because I didn't get into Yob until after they came through. Like, you were talking when when I first joined the band, you were talking about Yob a lot, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know Yob. This sounds weird. Um, but like, oh, the name sounded weird. <laughs> I didn't really check him out, but he talked. He was talking about him a lot, and so Yob to me sounds like. Honestly, sounds like a black metal band, like a weird black metal band, right? And then you listen to it, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't yeah, black metal like at that all. at all." But like, so Fucking he, awesome. yeah, he went to that show at Vitus, and uh, and I'm so pissed that I like I because now I can't wait till they're here again in February. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like praying that happens. Cause... We tried to, we're trying to, we tried to open for him, <laughs> but you know, because we, we were just like, yeah, we were, there's four shows, we get yeah. open for one. So, yeah, wishful, thinking. wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. I'm yeah. going four nights. You're going. To, I'm going two nights. Oh hell yeah, man! I'm I joked there. that I'm are going. Are all the shows sold out? You know, I think some nights. Yeah. I think like the four Sunday, nights are all sold out. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Definitely. The four day passes. The four day. Yeah. I might try to go to more than one show because, like you're saying, like you know, how long is their set? Three songs, four songs, like <laughs> so. I, mean, and they have I think they're going to probably do. I mean, Baroness just did those. Those like you know, audience selection lists and they did like a two hour, two and a half hour show okay. at St. Vitus. Yeah. So y'all, they're probably going to just, they're but probably going to four nights in a row. I can't see them doing like two hour set, like two hours every night. That's going to be exhausting. So Who I'd knows? imagine the, I mean, knows? I mean, they, the thing is like, they have enough material to play four different sets. Yeah. Well, exactly. Know, 
So like I'm. They could play. To... They could play two hours every night and play yeah. like all all week long. They could play four different albums. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if they do like a B-sides, like maybe they do like some rare material. Well, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, do I gamble on just one show or do I hedge my bets and go to more than one show so I can get more shit? That's why I was like, I'll go for the first night because they'll probably, I feel like the first night's going to be the bangers. (laughs) It's probably just going to be like a rounded set list. And then I feel like the last night they'll probably throw out some other, and I'm sure they're going to like, it's like when, to bring it back, it's like when Nine Inch Nails tours, they have so much material that you know, they'll be like, hey, we're going to do this song. And it's a song they've never played before. Right. So people get excited. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, but I'm, I am just praying to the, the, the Yob gods that everything uh, goes okay for that. Because I'm really hyped. I've, I've seen Yob, but I've never seen like a full Yob set. And I need to because it's like yeah. it's such an immersive experience. I've said it before. One of the best shows I've seen at uh, St. Vitus was I saw Sun there. Mm. It was just unreal. It was kind of like we were talking about this with the sleep show at yeah. at whatever that other I show. Works, yeah. uh, no, the one or before the, that, where you said like the yeah. where you said like the the bass was like sucking the air out of it. Oh that yeah, place. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's what that was like. Yeah, it was it was unreal. Um, yeah. It was just that that was pro- that's probably one of the most amazing. It's funny too because there. in living here. Everyone passes through here, right? Yeah. On tour. And so it's you like get, here in LA. Yeah, right. And but like what's funny, there's certain bands that just really seem to do well in New York. And it's funny because like I've seen I Hate God here like what, like five times, you know? I'm not complaining. It's awesome. I, I still haven't seen kinda, them and they tour so much. Really? Yeah. I feel like and, and, and then and High on Fire too. Like Yeah. I like High on Fire. I don't love High on Fire. But I think I feel like I've seen them on various shows, or just like I'm like oh, I feel like going out. Oh, High and Fire's playing. I feel like I've seen them like six times in New York. They come through all the goddamn time. Oh yeah, it's you know it's it's pretty great. What can I say? New York does go pretty hard for its doom. That's why we have why we had Ode Doom. Yeah. You know, we have a Doom showcase, and even if uh, there's not a ton of people in the actual city doing like that heavy like sludgy stuff, you move right out into the Hudson Valley and mm. kind of the surrounding areas. New Jersey's got a big uh uh metal scene too and and it's kind of that crossover metal hardcore you know sort of thing but it's great and there's tons of bleed over and i don't know i i love being around here and i'm i'm happy i don't live in like fucking bumblefuck nowhere iowa (laughs) you know where like you'd be surprised although yeah you would be surprised i'm from nebraska my some of my really good friends are from iowa well, that's oh, true. Be a that's true. Uh, no, you'd be one surprised. of my one of my one of our great friends, previous guest John Hopkins, RIP, was from I was from Iowa City. So. Oh yeah, went to Gabe's Oasis all the time. Probably go see shit. But no, you'd be surprised. Like, he worked at Gabe's. I, oh, did he really? He, okay, he was the there sound guy at Gabe's. That's where he cut his teeth. First time I ever saw Dillinger Escape Plan was at Gabe's Oasis. That's fucking amazing. They were Dimitri was in the band. I got wow. to speak with him briefly. They were opening for Mr. Bungle on the California tour. I saw them. I saw them on the same tour. Yeah, in and, Detroit. And the first I, time I saw them, they were opening up for Nine Inch Nails and, oh. and Soundgarden. Oh shit! Weird. Only, what year was that? Like 2016, 2017. Mr. Bungle? Oh no, 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 no. Oh, Dillinger. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, sorry. no. Dillinger. Was Dillinger like, was opening up for yeah, them, yeah. and then I saw them on the farewell tour in uh, in Philly because I couldn't go to any of the New York shows. But yeah, I saw them. I saw Dillinger. I saw Bungle three times on that tour. I saw him in Omaha, where I'm from. They, at that time, Dillinger wasn't on the tour anymore. 
because they extended the California tour, so they played <laughs> Omaha, which coincidentally is also the first time I saw Mr. Bungle in 1991 or 1992 on their first tour at the very same bowling alley called the Ranch Bowl. But I remember going to see... So I went to Lawrence, Kansas to see Bungle for California. Lawrence, I, Kansas. Yeah, at the bottom. I know two people from Lawrence, neck. Kansas. And then I went to... Um, John Lane. Ooh. John Lane, he's the drummer for uh, Godmaker. Oh, okay. But no, and then I went to uh, Gabe's Oasis to see Bungle. Mm-hmm. And both times I saw a Dillinger Escape Plan. And Bungle's head was... It was, it was dope, both experiences. Because Bungle... They, they, their shit took up the entire stage. William yeah. Winant's up there with the concert bass drums and the cymbals, and it, it's, it's, like, it's like the fucking swans up there, you know? Yeah. So Dillinger had no choice but to sit up in front of the stage, like in the audience. They were set up on both, both shows on the floor in the audience. And when they. That must play, have been insane. Dude, it was fucking. Yeah. I'd never heard. Nobody had. I don't think anybody had ever heard of Dillinger's Skate Plan that I'm aware of I had in Nebraska either, or Iowa. Yeah. And at the time, they come out. And this, when they played, they just came out. All the light, all the lights in the club went dark. They turned on a strobe light and just fucking crushed. Yeah, under dude. The running oh my board. god! You're bringing, everybody you're lost bringing back their those memories, man. Shit. Well, and how many times did Ben Wyman jump into the fucking audience? Like just completely, I couldn't without tell any you. regard for anyone's safety. Like, like with his pointy friggin' ESP headstock. Like he would just. Like, he would just be going like this and then just launch himself into the, the audience. And, like, I'm like, dude, you're going to kill somebody. It was insane. I mean, at the time, I hated it because I didn't get it. Right. And now, and then I became a huge fan of theirs, like, you know, maybe a year or two later or whatever. But, like, you know. I'm after, obligated to be yeah. a fan of theirs because I'm from New Jersey. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I grew up in New Jersey and, like, I listened to it. But, but the beauty of them is when they put out an album – what was the one they put it out in like 2012 it was the not the one of us is the killer like that was the album that i listened to it and that probably helped because that album is just not as fucking batshit fucking insane as you know calculating infinity is but like i like all of their fucking weird nine inch nails like kind of sounding stuff too but then dissociation came out and i was like this fucking rules too they were like kind of like converge was a band that i took me a long time to appreciate and now i think they're fucking rad and i really like them because they could do a lot of different things and still kind of like live in this like unfair comparison to like metalcore but they're not right like this is like a different thing you know like they're beyond oh yeah it's like cave in i mean cave in a lot of people would argue created metalcore before it was before Atreyu, you know that's like people say that about them and like i just saw them at saint vitus and that was also as they were saying i guess there were some sound issues but i mean that band just i don't know what it is but they bleed love and care like they have such a care for what they do i played with zozobra before they were fucking great yeah wild band crazy them and disappear they were fucking great zozobra's uh uh caleb's bass tone yeah. on that first record is what I've built my bass rig around. Yeah? Like 100%. I want, and I, when I responded to the, to the Craigslist ad for this band, I had a Craigslist ad that was just like <laughs> distorto bassist seeks metal band. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just wanted <laughs> to play distorto, distorted bass and, and, and just like, that was it. That was it. Like I didn't want anyone to, be like, oh, be our, be our, a real bass player. I don't right. want to be a real bass player. I'm a guitar player. I don't know how to play it. I, 
and I'm, you know, I'm appreciating more and more like cool bass, like regular bass stuff, not like, you know, extreme metal bass shit. But in the beginning, in the beginning, it was just like, no, I want, I just want stacks on stacks with tons of gain and playing with a pick and just mm -hmm. like, you know, moving mountains kind of shit. You ever heard the Thrones? Uh, no. Joe Preston Solo. Oh, Thrones. Yeah. It's weird. But it's, Robin's got a thing where he can't, if there's a band with just one name, like Swans or Thrones, yeah. he can't say Swans or Thrones. He doesn't like doing that. Oh, he, he, he says don't. the Swans he puts the... and the Thrones. <laughs> I love the, it. On my, on my parents. How's the drown here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, Thrones. The problem is, is that they're probably, they're probably are, there is probably a band called The Thrones there, that, there is, is, that is not is. Thrones. There's also a band called The Throws, which is really, uh, but no, you, you were saying about like, like what was the what was the best show you've seen? I have one show that was the White Whale, the show that got away from me. And at the time, it was two bands I'd never seen. They were two of my favorite bands of all time, and it was Thrones opening up for Unwound, and they were playing Bowery Ballroom, and I had tickets. Oh wow! And I was I just moved here that year. I was just like I'd been in town for I think maybe three months at that time. Yeah, like three months at that time. And I was just like, I finally get to go see Thrones and fucking Unwound. This is fucking great. Bowery Ballroom, so intimate. September 12th, 2001. Oh. 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 It got away from me. <laughs> it got away from me. <coughs> Jesus. But anyway, I did eventually get to see Thrones. Nor <laughs> Six and all that. I've talked yeah. to Joe many times. I got to play with uh, Joe when he was in Harvey Milk. Got to play with what them. What a fucking great band. Yeah, they're fucking... I wish Harvey Milk would get more love. They're fucking Specifically awesome. from these assholes. <laughs> they <laughs> won't listen to shit. Harvey Milk. No, it's funny, because I think, I think there's elements that are there that we... You know, I feel like they're... It's all there. The root is all there. It all it all kind of comes the back. The three songs off of um, uh, Special Wishes, their, their comeback record that came out or whatever, the first three songs... On that record are fucking flawless. Well, they uh, have some more stuff that's, that's not quite like weird, right? Like, oh, I think, super weird. Because I, I think I just like you said, just you talk to them so much. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check him out. I, I pull up Spotify. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. this is well, same, Spotify, <laughs> the cool shit's not on there. Ah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all the Hydrahead shit's not on there. Special Wishes, uh, the last record's not on there. Small Turn of Human Kindness. I'll have to Which is it. fucking weird and heavy and amazing. Yeah, I'd like to see a tour that's like Floor, Harvey Milk, and Boris just playing all oh, of Jesus. their and just all their Are weird you, shit. Floor over Torch. No, 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 no! Just because Floor is a different oh, band than Torch, sure, but I do, sure. but I do, and Floor was pre-Torch. Yes, and I love Torch. Torch is fantastic. I've seen him a bunch. That was yeah. a fucking, ins hands down, one of the most insane shows I've that seen in Saint Vitus. One of like, the most. I mean, I didn't. Admission. I was. And was I, it the admission? Well, no, no, no. I saw Torch at the uh, Brooklyn Bazaar, mm -hmm. and it was a good show. There was nothing like it was. It was a good show for sure. And then. And then I saw them at St. Vitus, and I was not prepared for how fucking manic and insane that show was going to oh, be. I could not, dude. New York comes out fucking hard for Torch. It's oh, yeah. crazy. No, they're fucking great, and they're amazing. Like I love them. One of the loudest shows I've ever seen. I saw the first time I saw them was in Detroit, and it was insane. It was absolutely insane. It was on the Neanderthal tour, and uh, oh wow. Yeah, it was. Just, they did some, and, and they were yeah. they were touring with Baroness, yep. who were on the Red Album tour. Insane show. I mean, that was 
one of the best shows I've ever seen, but I, I didn't talk about it because it was in Detroit. It wasn't. It, wasn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ah, whatever. We're what past that. What was the loudest that. show you ever saw? The loudest Torch. show. Torch. Uh, Torch. It was that Torch like show. loudest show that actually like affected you. Because I think no, like volume. Uh, it would like what the fuck volume? Uh, it would either be well. There's I have two answers. One was probably, and I think it's just because the acoustics were bad. Was what's that fucking ska band? Uh, is Pickle in the name? No, Pickle's not in the name. <laughs> Mighty Mighty Bostones. No, not the Mighty Mighty Bostones. <laughs> Catch Twenty Two. Mephiscopheles. Catch Twenty Two. I saw them at the Stone Ponies. Oh and wow! My, okay. And my ears were ringing for about five to six days. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I, I guess they did a good job. I just couldn't hear. But I think the <laughs> loudest show that I actually enjoyed was probably uh, the Cro-Mags. Because I saw okay. them outside at Afropunk. And I and I figured that everything would be fine without earplugs. And I my ears were ringing for a couple of days. But also, I could, like, hear everything. So I think I would say that was the loudest show. It was probably Cro-Mags, Afropunk. Because, I mean, you know, I could say, like, yeah, Sleep was fucking loud, Sun was loud, you know, Meshuggah was fucking loud. Like, all these bands are fucking yeah, but I mean, loud. pain loud. Like, you have to, you don't have a choice, you have to. Oh, yeah, I think it was probably the Cro-Mags at Afropunk. My Bloody mm-hmm. Valentine. Oh, oh yes, yes. I saw that, I, yes. You know was what? that at Hammerstein? Yeah. yeah. I saw that, nope, you're right. I, I, I saw too. them at uh, All Points West, okay. the second one. But it went on before Tool, so all the Tool fucking... Bros were like, "Boo, you fucking suck!" And I'm like, "This is—I don't know if I like this, but it's cool, you know." Yeah, and they're—it's great. Yeah. But yeah, that was fucking insane. So yeah, it would be a toss-up between My Bloody Valentine and Cro-Mags. And then Chris and I's first date, the loudest show at Warsaw, which probably matched, if didn't succeed, didn't surpass, strangely, My Bloody Valentine, Trans Am. Wow. Of all hmm. fucking bands, we were like, we we almost left. It was so loud. I think for me it was it was definitely I think Meshuggah and High and Fire. Oh my the, god! At, at the uh, PlayStation Theater was that? That also was that's my favorite show of all time because I was Dude, I, I went to not, a different dimension that night. I couldn't night. understand anything that High and Fire was playing. Like, I, I was up front too, and it was just blasting me in the face. And I, I was at the show. Yeah. Were you there? Yeah, I, was, I wasn't. I wasn't. I think I was at the back of the floor where they it's kind of like you got the, the bar like yeah, the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Up. I, I I could not tell I'm assuming they played Rumors of War because when Ex- when I he ripped tell. it but I heard it when he ripped out the solo my brain went <laughs> I could just feel because like the, the thing about that band too is like it's almost like they're like a stoner band on speed right like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like speed metal this, and like, Celtic like, Frost there's a, yeah. there's a heft but they keep like yeah. the heavy shit you know like the really low ends you know and I don't but know, it when moves. it was that loud, I couldn't fucking I couldn't tell what was happening. I think it's because the drums was... the drums are so active and kind of frantic. Yeah. And then the way Matt Pike plays, where he's like, it doesn't matter if he's playing a single note or a chord, he hits all the strings all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether he's muting all of them, he's just he's got this way. And yeah, that band is insane. I think it was because I was just like right on front. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't really I couldn't take it all in. You know, it was too much. But then I saw them again with Power Trip. It was the last time I played. Yeah, I saw that. I was at that. Yeah, I was at one of those shows. I mean, elsewhere. uh, Yeah, I mean, I've seen them a bunch of times. Like, I and I think like I saw them at Psycho Las Vegas, and that was cool. But like, also, the sound was kind of fucked up because their sound guy fucking told me it was fucked up. But I didn't care. I was fucking dead tired, and you know 
baked out of my mouth. I, I saw them at St. Vitus. It was great. I had to leave that too and go fucking sit in the bathroom for a song <laughs> because I was too fucking high and I was an asshole. Oh. But like when Mashuga came out and they, you know, they did all, they did a bunch of songs and then they just were like, hello, we're Mashuga, we're European, and uh, we, you probably know this song. It's called Bleed. And I just was like, you know what? This is going to make my ears fucking bleed, but yeah. I don't care. And I took yeah. it out and the lights. Yeah, the, that song is so rhythmic, and then when it just when it, it gets to the quiet part, nobody moved. It was like just a little. No, Meshuggah holds an audience, and then just goes else. fucking off, and I'm like, "This yeah. is insane." I'm yeah. like, "I'm losing my." I felt like I was pro- on harder drugs than just smoking weed. I mean, and by and I was for high fire was right up front, and then you know I was I was so punished. It's like okay, let me move back next to the sound guy. Maybe it won't be as punishing. But it was just as loud. Like, you know, yeah. like when they came on, like, it was insane. I don't know. It's funny because you were probably standing right where I was, right near me. And Gary was also there from work. Gary's a guy we work with. Gary was also right there, too. That's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, the, the loudest show I ever attended, honest to God, was the second time that Drownyard played Max Fish. <laughs> because... Oh, the symbol. We were well. It, it was. Basement. Have you, ever, have you ever been to Max it's, Fish in the no, basement? No, never. It's, I it mean, doesn't exist anymore, by the way. Okay. Really? Yeah. Like Max Fish or yeah, the, the no, basement? It's done. Really? Fish, yeah, it's done. Oh, that's a bummer. It, it, this is like Lower East Side. It's like this small, like fucking basement. It was an institution. It didn't move to like two or three. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 It's it was been around. Like they had like like punk rock, like hardcore shows there. John Sinner's favorite bar from Helmet. Would hang out there all the time. Oh really? yeah. Yeah, it's like a new one of those like New York like. Yeah, a staple. Yeah. And you know, we and I think our it's like a roach; it doesn't die. <laughs> our first, our, our first live show was Max Fish, and then we played. I think was it our second show was Max Fish again, or maybe our third show? We played there like two months later, which you kind of don't generally do as a band. Like, right? You kind of like try to mix it up or whatever. But we were like, we wanted to. We, we just we, wanted to play. We wanted to play. Show, we just want to fucking play. It was the beginning of summer, you know that, and that's a special time in New York, you know. So everyone, everything. The energy's popping. We're super excited about this fucking band and getting it out there. The first show was like a massive success. We had the room packed. I mean, it's a small room. Yeah. Like, honest to God, the room's about the size of this room here. And literally, like, the drums would be here. Like, that's where the crowd stands. And so yeah. there's not... Yeah, but we had, like, 70 people in there. In that, that's like, what I'm saying. Exactly. Spot, you know? So, like, so the second show, I don't know. I think we were feeling ourselves. And, and we just cranked the amps so fucking loud. At that time, I was not wearing ear protection, which oh, was stupid. Uh, <laughs> and I was standing next to Robin. So Robin's right here. His hi-hat's here. His crash cymbal's here. I'm literally like six inches from my blasting loud amp. And I went fucking, I went deaf in my right ear. <laughs> and, and like legit, like could not hear, was freaking out. Like the next day I woke up, just in a panic. Just like, oh, oh, you know, like that kind of shit. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I did. <laughs> you won't know but, now but you'll know sure. in the future yeah. well no I, I i think i know now i think I know. <laughs> um but yeah no honest to god that was that was the loudest it's ever ever been in my head like was that show it was crazy we play loud it's pretty fun do you have anything on the horizon working on anything new I mean, you know, obviously the new album is just out so i don't know if you're just kind of coasting on that no, for a little we bit have, we are yeah we're playing uh bar frida on oh, yeah. January 15th with our friends in Lies Beneath. I think Ruthless Spirit is going to be there too. 
Um, they just came out with the record. It's really good. Rest, rest, yes, rest I did listen spirit, to it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, so it's gonna be. It's a Saturday night. You know, it's gonna be. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. We're excited for that. We've always got new shit. Like, we don't. I mean, so far at least, we haven't coasted on anything. You know, I mean, even like after we recorded the album, I think we took what three weeks off. You know, from getting together after once we finished recording, we took about three weeks off just because we were like, all right, we spent like four straight days together, and we, you know. But, and then that first practice, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was like, you just recorded an album, what are you guys going to play? I'm like, the new songs. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've all, like, and that's the thing, we've always got, I mean, I think right now we're working on four new songs yeah, we've got in, in the works. We have like, four new ones, and we have, like, one song that we played at the second show, the second next the show with yeah. Derek on vocals. That's right. We, That's so right. We, we have, we had technically, we, and, got, we yeah. and then we have Name Dropper, which we've never actually recorded. Right. So, like, we've got five, six, six, well, five, well, five, five new songs that are unreleased that are, like, still <laughs> works in progress. Like, and then one that we've been jamming for over a year. Yeah. And we're, it's going to be another year before that song. <laughs> But it's constant. It's like new shit's constant with us. Like Milton's is Milton's the the, the the main writer. He's the main idea guy. He brings him in all the time. So like, and it keeps things fresh and it keeps us excited about shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, it's 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 a way to always stay like having fun with it. You know, um, so none of it gets stale. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to anything lately. I'm not gonna go into mine because uh, end of the year and there will be a forthcoming post uh, probably actually coming out in in conjunction with this because this is the this will be the last episode of the year nice closing out with a good one (laughs) what are you listening to oh man dude i just keep coming back to the classics i don't know like i've been this week a bunch of judas priests you know Mm -hmm. like i just i get up in the morning and i play turbo lover you know and it's just <laughs> ridiculous, and I fucking love it, you know? I'm a huge fucking Priest fan. ACDC, you know, Jimi Hendrix. Yob is always in rotation as well. I Hate God. Just, yeah, I mean, that's about it, really. Like, I just... COC, Corrosive Conformity, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, like, Weiss Blood and, like, fucking classics, you know? like Deliverance. Deliverance, yeah, amazing. Good. I was supposed to see him twice on that tour, and they canceled both times. Yeah, so, that's But that's I got to see White Zombie instead. I'm the the worst in the band with, <laughs> with finding new shit. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I feel. I don't know. I, I need to listen to some new shit because I get. I get sick of my my stuff. But honestly, since last Monday, I've listened to nothing in the car except for Dope Smoker. I just get up in the morning. I don't know if it's just the mood I've been in. I don't know. I've just been getting up really early to go to work, and it's there's something just meditative about it, you know. And then. My drive's only like a half an hour, so when I get back in the car, I just continue listening to it, you know? But um, I'm still peeling away layers on Yob, you know? Like, I, I'll, I'll go back, and I'll just discover, you know, I'll discover some new song that's, like, the new favorite, and I'll just, you know, grind that one out for a week or two and, until you can... Because it's just so it's so deep and thick. Like, you don't, you don't catch everything in the first few dozen listens, you know? It's crazy. This shit's crazy. I've been listening the the as far as new bands go, this this is one band called Bloodslide, which is the drummer of Preoccupations, the guitar player from Proto Martyr, and Oh, that band is really fucking, fucking cool. Great. And Frank Sinatra's granddaughter. 
They got a band together. It's fucking weird. It's really gothy. Reminds me of early, early, early 4AD stuff. It's really good. Uh, I've been going back, and I've been kind of obsessed with this uh, band called Thrall, which had a had, they had three records out. The first record came out. It's called Chemical Wedding. It came out in Alternative Tentacles in like the mid '90s or something. And it's Mark Harm from the singer from the God Boys. That record uh, I've been kind of obsessed with lately. And then strangely, I've fallen in love with this this really mellow little feet song. Uh, this really mellow cheap trick song. It's I've been honestly, I've been listening to Christmas music too. I like it. I like traditional Christmas music. <laughs> I, oh, I, I swear to God. I swear to God. You know what I, I listen to twice? Randomly? Hate Christmas music. Once at my friend Don's house, and then once at a record store last week. The 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 Peanuts Christmas album. It's no, fucking no, great. Yeah, it's it's fucking good. Okay, but that's because it's the Peanuts. Well, yeah, but that's because like yeah, hundred percent. The David Bowie song with Bing Crosby is good because it's David Bowie. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, the in my opinion, the worst, the worst, the worst Christmas music. I know everyone loves to bag on the classics. You know, Mariah Carey. Oh my and, God! No. Well, I mean, yes, that song is no, obnoxious. That's, 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 obnoxious. A, that's a neoclassic. I'm talking. I'm talking like traditional, traditional. Oh, you mean like oh, like a little like, drummer boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, that <laughs> one. You know, here's the thing. My, my fiance, she fucking she laughs no song at me. Is more apropos than right now politically. She she. Not <laughs> <laughs> <At> Christmas. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> uh, somebody's taking over that song. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I was just going to say, fuck Bob Dylan and fuck his fucking Christmas album. It's fucking garbage. Oh, it's horrible. I he made a Christmas Everybody album. Everybody knows there's one Christmas. It's actually, it, in for years, the only song I would play at a bar. I've been a bartender for years. The only song, the one Christmas song I would play at the bar. Only one. Christmas at Ground, Z- at Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic? No. <laughs> that song rules. He's add it now. No. no. Christmas in Harlem. Run oh, DMC. Yeah, yeah. That's the best Christmas song. The Hallelujah Chorus. And here's the thing. Playing saxophone in mm. band, we play the holiday, you know, the Christmas concert every year. So, like, I've played Sleigh Ride and the Hallelujah Chorus and all these, like, these classic songs. Brutal. I mean, no. That's not. I mean, not. Brutal. Not, <laughs> not. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I maybe. played that one when yeah. I was in band, yeah. But, I like that like, movie. But like, the and cartoon? there's a thing that happens when you're a kid and you're just like this old fucking song. I'm 40 now. So like when I hear those songs, I get transported to being a kid yeah. and I'm remembering playing saxophone, which I haven't played saxophone in, in 20 years. You know, I, I, I quit. I, I Whatever. So like I go back to those things and, and, and dude, and Natalia, my fiance, she laughs at me and she makes fun of me. But like there's a point in the Hallelujah Chorus it makes me fucking cry. Like, it's like, it's, it's, dude, it's, so, a, it's, hold it up on your phone. Hold it up on your dude, phone. Dude, I swear to God. And I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little buzz right now. I might start crying. But like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm quick to cry. It's, it's, it's not a secret. If anyone knows me. It just hits a, a thing. There's a, there's a tension that it hits where I'm just like, I just, it's, yeah, I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. And I just go, <laughs> it's weird, man. It's like, it's almost Pavlovian. Honestly, like it's almost like a, a tri- just like a thing that like you, you jingle a bell and then I start, just start salivating. It's this part in the song hits and I just start getting teary. It's it's especially if I've been drinking. So I was going to say at least one more. Uh, <laughs> um, but doesn't this remind you of Melvin's honky? 
A little bit. I mean, it looks it's an anarchy symbol, right? Well, no, it's it's black on black. You're gonna start crying during dope smokers soon. I'm sure some people fucking have. Of man. course. I'm sure some fucking oh, people man. have. I get, I get, I've gotten emotional I've during gotten, that song. <laughs> I, I, like with y'all, I don't know if I've cried, but I, I think I've hallucinated. Like I've just yeah, just, it's get fucking high in my room. And you know, I have like this, like it's like Neurosis too. Neurosis yeah. is one of those bands where you just are like, yeah, and, it, and they have like this carpeted floor, you know, like shitty carpet, New York apartment, you know. I'm just sitting there, and I just staring at my feet, and I'm listening to Yop, and I like just everything starts just kind of like shifting a little, you know, like you were also blitzed though. Like, yeah, right? but yeah. I mean, <laughs> but still, though. no, but still, like, no, how often does that happen? When you just get blitzed, you know, and just like, of course, I mean, but that's the whole point of all this. What else are we doing this for? Yeah. Like. If if any of our songs could make someone hallucinate while they're standing on the fucking floor, like we we did it. Oh, I mean, I I all the times that I've seen Sun, they've done that kind of. I saw them in Vegas, which was really fucking bizarre. I'm like, why is this band playing in Vegas? Like, mm. it's just like it doesn't it's make cycle. any. Yeah, and, but it was fucking. Ra- I've never. I've only seen them with the full band once. And uh, but not with the vocalist. They, Zaster. Uh, Zaster was the vocalist, right? For Sun. No, it was uh, Attila Cheezar from Mayhem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was like uh, when I saw when I saw Sleep at, at Pioneer Works. It was a religious experience. Oh yeah, dude, one hundred percent insane. When I, I saw mean, when I saw it, Sun at Vitus, my veins were sticking up like I had just yeah. been like it's, shooting. You up. know, and you know, okay, fine, like alcohol, drug, whatever. Those those will play a factor, but. If you hit into that zone, but it's awakening something in the primitive 100%. reptilian part of your brain. It, it, it drops. It drops some of your insecurities and your walls a little bit. And you, you forget that you're. I, I mean, I was at the show alone, it, but you're in a sea of people from freaking strangers. But like they, they hit a thing, and you're just like, yeah, you're doing I one think, of these. You know, like man. you know, like the alcohol and like whatever the mushrooms, the weed. It's just a, like it's a vessel. Like they help you get there. You know, like I feel like, I mean. You don't need him 100%. You don't need him, but, you but, you know, if they happen to be there, you know. No, we're not going to lie and say they didn't help. I cried at the Jesus Lizard show. Yeah. Nothing wrong I with mean, it. I was at Webster Hall. No. I, I cried at Priest. I saw Priest. I cried. Nice. Yeah. I cried at the Deerhoof show the first time I saw them. I was, at the Jesus Lizard show, I was there with my buddy Rick. I said, don't look at me. They came out with Den. <laughs> they, 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 they came out with, they started playing Den Comes Dudley. And I was like, don't look at me. And I, I, I straight up, I just had a tear going yeah, out. Man. I, I've loved the Jesus Lizard my entire life. And I, I never got to see them until like 2007. I don't think I'll ever see them. I don't know if they'll you do another not. tour. You may not. I think I've only cried at one show, and that was The Replacements. And I'm not going to go into reasons why. But they were very obvious. Was it about a girl? They were very obvious. <laughs> I mean, that's, keep, that's I, I feel like those moments just, uh, that's the fuel that keeps you, you going. You know, that, that refills your tank. Like, there's no reason to feel shame about that shit. Like, that's, that's the greatest compliment the artist could, could yeah. possibly feel. They strike like, a nerve. Yeah, for sure, there's man. There's something and about it's like it. The best. And it's happened with this band. It's happened with Pants Exploder. It's very disturbing that it happened with Pants Exploder. <laughs> no, when it happens when you're playing your own music. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it does not happen very often. It ha- very rarely with bands, but it's happened in this band a lot and Pants Exploder all the time that we're just like playing. And I get that feeling. Yeah. You feel like As you're floating. I'm doing. Yeah. No, yeah. No, it's just, it's completely out of body. Yeah. Nothing else exists. Yeah. You get you and, goosebumps. And nothing no, I mean, no other feeling that I've had in life compares. 
and people don't. He's got three children. <laughs> <laughs> my wedding day, the didn't, birth of my future. Didn't no, matter. No, but like, there isn't a single experience that is ever eclipsed like that when everyone in the band is in the zone and you're feeling that feeling. Maybe you're you got a little buzz, whatever that is, and you're levitating. And yeah, because you've kind of forgotten about the fucking. In the extremities, the bullshit. Well, you have to be, and, and Milton and I talk about this all the time, too. When you're playing live, everything in the world falls away because it has to, because you have to be present. You have to be there. You, you can't be, be thinking about work. You, you can't be, be thinking about no, the... No. You can't even th- really be thinking about the audience, I'm assuming. You have no, to just you be doing your nothing. thing. Like, nothing else matters. It has to be a catastrophic... Like, it has to literally be like the sound is not yeah, coming yeah, yeah. out for literally, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that shit has happened. And it, But, like... No, it's it's the absolute best, and it's it's like, why we keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I still play the saxophone like professionally. I play wedding bands and shit like that, and you know like the money's very good and whatever. But I don't remember the last time I felt, and even if I've ever felt after a saxophone gig the way I feel after a drummer gig, like it's never it's never the same. You know, like like what about in your jazz days? In my oh. jazz days, like I think jazz is so fucking hard, and you're and you're so hard on yourself as well. Yeah, you can't. That relax. it's 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 so hard to relax. Yeah. You know, like there's something about rock music. It's like fuck it. You know, fuck everybody. I'm gonna do whatever I want, and then everything's fine. You know. And there's got a there's a there's also a thing. I mean, maybe it's just being, uh, maybe it's being some machismo coming out. But there's also a thing with rock too, where you kind of, if you're gonna put on a good show, at least I personally feel, you gotta kind of be, sort of like I'm the fucking man. Like you got. <laughs> You gotta be there. You gotta you gotta bring some kind of energy. You gotta show up. And the way I do it is just to sort of being insecure in the rest of my life. Whatever you, you got, you gotta pump yourself up and you gotta show up. Yeah, if you go stand in the corner and just like I hope you guys like our songs, it's not gonna be a good and show. People can tell that. Man. Yeah, people, they feel they can it. can see if you're like whatever. If you're not like secure enough or whatever, it's like, oh, you know, like you guys, you know, you know, like it just. It doesn't work, you know. Like if you if you believe it, people will believe it. You yes. know? Oh yeah, if you, you, can, yeah, you and you can, I could. Yeah, and I could tell, like, when I saw you guys at Ode to Doom, people were like, I think people, I, I'm assuming that people, there were a, a, at least half of people didn't really, like, know what, like, yeah. you were. I didn't know. And I was like, damn, man, people are fucking into this. They are, like, here can, for it. You can tell, we talk about this occasionally, you can tell. And Doom audiences are very, like. Very peculiar. Particular. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but, supportive. Yeah, but you can tell when you're seeing a band or when you're in a band. I'm not just saying this to toot our horn. I'm just saying this objectively, whether I'm in the band or not objectively. You can tell, like with us, when a band actually has something to say. Not like a unified message, but you know when they're playing, they don't sound like every other band. Right. You know, you know does that make any... They have a sound. I mean, to hey, put it... Maybe too simply, but like it's yeah. It's well, you can tell yeah. that they, you can tell that they have a thing. They're their own unit. They're like when they walk off stage, you're like, so these guys did something. Things. These yeah. guys did something. They didn't just come up and play. They did something. No, they. they right? You can tell that they they got a thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also, I can it's tell like, you like doing it. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you go see people and you're like, all right, that definitely seemed like they were just they're on tour. They're doing a thing. You right. know. And they're like, all right, see you later. Yeah. But, no, I mean, and that's I think that's the other thing. What with this band too. It only works loud. Yeah. It only works loud. Like, it just, that's part of the sound. We use feedback and, you know, like, it, 
so like when we when we finally played like St. Vitus for the first time, I was like, we're 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 on the stage now that can and a sound system and everything that can handle like what we're trying to give. Yeah, nobody like, was like, oh, can you turn down a little? Like there was none of that. You right. Know, just like I went deaf. Yeah. I went deaf at Max Fish because we were in a tiny room and we turned up yeah. way too fucking loud. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it there was no chance of that at St. Vitus. It was it yeah. was everything's balanced there and it's all it's all gonna work. Like that's where we can we can crank up and blast and it makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's uh Love that place. Yeah. I also feel man like like when well, whenever we go up and, and I'm, I'm, we're going to play a show, I feel like these guys are bringing it too. Like, we all have this, like, mindset, like, we're going to fucking crush, you know? Like, nobody's like, oh, you know, maybe, I don't know, I had a bad day, like, you know, my hair's not looking, like, no. Yeah. Like, once we're there, we're going to fucking do it, you know? And I feel like that's a mindset. Like, we're all expecting from each other, you know, like, the best every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, you know, and that's it, you know? It's weird because we're all pretty good at what we do. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I say this because, like, it's Milton. I've known Milton for years. It's Milton. He's the fucking best. I totally forget that he fucking shreds. Yeah. <laughs> I, that goes, I don't think about that. It totally goes out of my mind. I don't have to think about it because it's fucking there. I don't have to think about Gina because he's just, fuck, I, I yeah. Well, he just fucking crushes. that's it. the we, thing, you know, like, whenever we go up, there's never a, I, I'm only worrying about me and what I'm bringing, and I know that they're expecting yeah. of me to bring my best, and I know they're thinking the same thing too. You know, it's not like I'm worried about Robin, you know, or like Gino. Oh, Gino's fucked up tonight. I don't know. You know, like there's never that thought. You know, I'm worried like, about neither of all, you. Like we're we're fucking doing it. You know, like, well, and I think especially because especially because we're a three piece, so like it's like that's the minimum number of legs in a that you could have in like a table. You know what I mean? Like. Like, if yeah. one of the legs falls, it, the whole table's coming down. So, like, I personally charge myself with not letting these two guys down. Because if I fall apart, you know, then... We'll let, never let you hear the well, end of it. But, like, a whole leg of the table has fallen. Like, there isn't a second guitar that, right. you know, Milton can hide. But also, I know Milton's a fucking pro. He, he brings the ideas. He, he writes the songs. Like, he's going to bring it. And he's got he he can flip himself into that mindset. And, and Robin's a pro. He's got you know four hundred years of experience. <laughs> but like no, but like I respect how much he, he's been here for twenty one years. He's been in a ton of bands. He's he's you know. And so me personally, I'm sort of like I don't know. There are times where I'm like I'm I don't have that level of experience. You know whether I, the musical experience, the you know all that stuff. But like so I'm just like I can't let these guys down. And I charge myself with that. And I'm like, and also, you know, I like to get a little wild and, and, and bring some high energy to the show. So, like, I don't know. It's like that thing where you, you just got to tell yourself you can't, you can't think about the things that you're not good at. Yeah. Because the audience will feel that. You got you gotta, you gotta to show them what you're good at. You can't play the music that we play. You can't play that slow. Like the show you saw wasn't even our. Uh, I we didn't play mindfuck at that show. Did no, we? no, no. Yeah, like we didn't. We didn't even get to the slow shit really at the Oh to Doom show. But you can't play that slow without trust and knowing exactly where you are. Like you don't. You don't. You don't have to look at me. You don't have to. We all know when the hits come, for the most part. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. You can't. It's. When you can't daydream. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You, you're, 
you're I there. Mean, that's what's something that also really like it keeps me like on my toes always, you know, because like coming from again from the jazz thing, whatever, how difficult that is, you know, and like blah blah blah, like all the bullshit. And I feel like playing this shit, it takes all of my concentration as well, you know, to just keep, you know, like the time and like where where are we? Is it the third repeat or the fourth repeat? Like what you know, like it takes all of it, you know, to like just be like present, you know, like if I if I just my mind wanders for a second, I'm lost. Like really it is that, you know, like Yeah, we hope we try to get all those out in practice. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, the thing about it too, like there are songs that are, you know, obviously way easier than others, and there are other songs that I feel like I'm always like I don't know what's happening. I mean, we I I know, but I don't, you know, and Well, it's like that I mean, we're talking about, you know, we have we, we have working titles that we're not maybe too proud of always repeating, but like, you know, uh the song we've been working on for well over a year, like, I feel like the first nine months, eight, eight, you know, six to nine months, we were always uncomfortable playing it. So, like, imagine playing a song for, you know, six months or plus where you're always, like, on edge, where you're like, is this right? Am I in the right spot? Like, it's... it's Are you talking about Bar Fight? No, I'm talking about uh, uh, Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what's happening with that now. Well, we all do now, now right? Yeah. But how long? How long did that take? Where it was just like, I'm so uneasy. Time. I'm so scared of making a mistake for some reason. And that it was, was the greatest just <laughs> transition ever. Are you talking about bar fight? No, I'm talking about go fuck yourself. That's not, that was just a Sopranos joke. That wasn't a, a Sopranos joke. But yeah, but like, it's it's... That's why those songs need like time to marinate. I think not just for the development of the song, but for us to just get like used to it. And I don't know if we're being too like masturbatory about <laughs> about this right now. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't know if I'm, we're too close to it to be aware of it. But I don't know. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, I it mean, takes it how... takes a long time sometimes for us to just get comfortable with the ideas that we're trying to put out. And, and, we, and we know it could take a year. It could take a year and a half. Right. But bar fight. Probably take another year. I so think, we probably I think take so. another year. But we so. will know. We'll play it once at practice. We'll know. All right. It's it. It's, it's arrived. It. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Go yeah, fuck I mean, yourself. Had, we still haven't finished that. Right. We've had songs that we know that are technically done, but we're just like, we're not playing that. You know, like it's yep. not. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel right. Right. You know? It's, yes, yeah, it hasn't incubated enough. I think we, we've covered a lot of ground. I think everybody will have enjoyed this conversation with Drown Yard. Is there anything you want to... I, I My think mom. so. You know? <laughs> Sorry. But is uh, anything you want to plug? Obviously, Drown Yard 2 is out now. Uh, you can get it on their band camp. But is there anything else you want to plug out or promote? That's it. January 15th, Bar Frida in Richwood with Lights Beneath. It's going to be Saturday night. It's going to be fun. We're looking forward yeah. to that. There'll be more shows next year. Yes, for sure. And listen to the fucking record. Please. Listen to it. It's pretty good. It's heavy. It's good. Listen to the record. Listen to the last song all the way through. Yeah. It's 15 and a half minutes. It's worth it. It's fun. It's actually might I say this. The end of Mindfuck is the heaviest thing I've ever recorded. There's a cathar- it, there's a there's a there's a there's a catharsis in it. I really That was so much fucking fun to do. Yeah. So listen to that. And follow them on the internet and wherever they may yeah. be. They're Drown Yard Doom on Instagram. Drown Yard underscore Doom. I think we're pretty much. I mean, there's Facebook, but whatever. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't. 
It's mo- it's mostly Instagram. I think it's just Instagram that's our main. Thing. I think nobody cares about Facebook anymore. I feel like it's just like a necessary evil. Like- yeah, it's like it's a utility. You have to use it because like it's easy. It's better for promoting shows and shit like that. But you know, fucking Facebook. <laughs> Please delete the comment section. <laughs> It'll do everybody a world of wonder. But yeah, that'll do it for another fucking year of Diary of Doom. Pretty insane, and uh, I don't know. I don't really have the fucking words to reflect on the year, but... Uh, it's a weird year. Fucking weird, another fucking weird year uh, that we found ourselves going through, but thank you for everybody and anybody who came on the podcast throughout the year. I really appreciate it. I appreciate every band that reached out. Every Y'all fucking rule. And uh, I wish you all uh, good luck and good endeavors and uh, see you in the next year. Hopefully uh, good things on the horizon. Maybe we'll see who fucking knows. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, whatever. As 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 uh, Al Cisneros said, wherever there's fucking like depression and sadness, there will always be fucking doom and there will be some probably some fucking doom next year, whether it be a podcast or music or the entire planet but there will be doom there will be doom i guarantee you there will be some kind of doom um including the diary so anyway uh thank you everybody for thank you everybody for tuning in and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary